At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball. This is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. A warm up brother below. Welcome to Love Me Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson. Now a part of the Beeson Family of Podcast. And just a friendly reminder, this is a episode that is going to be brought to you by Yes on Prop 27 and DraftKings. Many of you guys listening to me, you're probably listening outside of the state of California, but many of you guys wound up getting legal sports betting in your state and half the country, as a matter of fact, allows online sports betting for adults 21 years or older, and time to let California be able to get in on the action. I've got many great guests that come to be from California. Danny Vietti is going to be joining the show tomorrow. He's out there in California. There's no good reason why folks in New York, Chicago, Phoenix, Portland, Boston, need I go down the list, are able to bet online. Meanwhile, Californians, they have to deal with shady bookies. Prop 27, Insurance California is finally able to catch up. So vote yes on Prop 27 and vote yes to great baseball content from Charlie DeCirco. In the second segment, he works over there at the Action Network. He's going to be joining me. We're going to be taking a look at everything that we've got on the card for Thursday. Also going to be taking a look at the National League East as well. We did wind up seeing the New York Mets be able to bounce back in a big way on Wednesday. I'm going to be hitting upon that in the first segment, but certainly I've been seeing a great run from the Atlanta Braves. Just how dangerous can they be in the postseason? And then we're going to be taking a look at some underdog picks for Thursday as well. So that's coming up in segment number two. And then in the final segment, a little bit more of a small card for this Thursday. So we've only got seven games, but picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Thursday. As we touch them off, first things first, always do love to be able to answer Twitter questions on this podcast. And we've got one or two ways to be able to throw this in. First one is my Twitter timeline at unit underscore D1. Keep in mind, letters EM. They mean does not matter. As per usual, please do send these into the timeline. The other way, it is via an Apple Podcast review. 
if you rate this podcast five stars. It is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to fire on whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Five that five-star review. Did not wind up getting in any Twitter questions today, but we did wind up having a great day of baseball on Wednesday. Let's take a look back at it. Try to find some trends and try to get to know these seems a little bit better. A games from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the rowdy recap. With the Greg Peterson experience now being five days a week, I do wind up having to exclude some of the West Coast games from time to time, so let's brush up on some of the games that we wound up seeing on Tuesday. First, I wasn't able to get to. We did wind up seeing the Dodgers be able to take down the San Francisco Giants in their bullpen game by a kind of 6-3 to three as for the LA Dodgers. Joey Gallo and Max Muncie wound up having a trail of homers. Gallo's 16th home run season. Max Muncie, 17th and 18th home runs of the season as Tyler Alec Anderson. He wound up giving up three runs over the course of seven innings with two bombs of his own. Surrendered as he did have Brandon Crawford get home run number eight of the season and Lewis Brinson his third home run season as he wound up having Jarlin Garcia give up two of those home runs. Five runs in total for the San Francisco Giants and then that wound up translating to a rough day on Wednesday. The Dodgers, they wind up putting up a four spot in the eighth inning to be able to get this one to the window by a count of seven to three as Alex Cobb has continued to be not so fortunate on balls in play this season. Four and a third innings gives up seven hits, three runs, all of which were earned, including a homer as you wind up having Justin Turner down for what? Get home run number 11 of the season, Max Muncy. He then winds up getting home run number three over the last two days. He gets his 19th of the campaign off of Zach Liddell as Liddell, well, he wound up giving it up in that eighth inning, giving up four runs at one and a third innings. Junior Marte was able to deliver a scoreless inning, and then you had Alex Young coupled with Luis Ortiz be able to give a pair of outs out of the bullpen, and you wound up getting a pair of home runs from a very unlikely spot for the San Francisco Giants as David Villar, home runs number three and four of the campaign. One comes off of Clayton Kershaw, allowed two runs over the course of six innings. Justin Brewer, fresh off the injured list, gave up one of those in two-thirds of an inning, and then Evan Phillips and Alex Zizia. Two and a third inning scoreless from the two of them to be able to get this one in the Tampa Bay Rays. They get it done by a count of one to zero against the Boston Red Sox as they wound up having Jeffrey Springs only go three innings. I believe that this was actually scheduled. I'm not seeing any sort of injury from Je- Jeffrey Springs. Sounds like the Rays are just trying to save him for the postseason, but he was piggybacked by Yoni Torinos. Both of these gentlemen went three innings, scoreless apiece. Colin Pooch, Jason Adam, Pete Fairbanks, all from there give you a scoreless setting in for the Rays. And a little bit of a setback with Wander Franco, which hurts their offense as they didn't do a lot on offense, but they did just enough. They scratch across one run off of Nick Pavetto. He had a 10-13 ERA going into this start against the Rays overall for the season. Not bad here. One run surrendered in five innings. John Triber, Matt Schramm, Zach Kelly, they all deliver a scoreless inning, but they came up snake eyes. 0 of 10 with men in scoring position, so they made like your buddy at the bar and they could not close. The Brewers are currently doing the same thing. They wound up losing by kind of 10-7 in extra innings on Tuesday, as that was just really bad if you want to take a look at that game, as you wound up having Taylor Rodgers, which... Yeah, it has not been great for him. Four runs, three of which were earned in that game on Tuesday as he wound up allowing a walk-off Jackson as he wound up having Randall Gritchick get a pair of home runs in that game. 14th and 15th home runs of the season as Chad Cool gave up five runs in four to third innings in his start and then the Brewers just could not wind up hitting from there. Turn it forward to Wednesday and, well, the Brewers there were still sleepwalking as they gave up seven runs in the first three innings, eight to four the final. This is pretty much a dagger in the hopes of the Milwaukee Brewers playoff hopes. Lauer, Seven runs given up at two and two-thirds innings for Mr. Eric Lauer as he allowed a pair of bombs along the way as you wound up having a pair of guys get home run number two of the season and Michael Trog. 
Glia. Hopefully I am saying that one correctly. I do apologize to Mr. Triglio if I am not. And then Alan Trejeo. He was able to get home run number two of the campaign. For Kyle Freeland, he was just cruising along. One run surrendered over the course of six innings. He did have Jake Bird give up a pair of home runs in the ninth inning going deep for the Milwaukee Bears. Andrew McCutcheon and Luis Urias. Home runs number 15 of the season. Both solo shots. Justin Lawrence. One run surrendered over the course of two innings. And for the Brewers, bullpen from there wasn't bad. Brent Suter gives up two runs in an inning. Luis Perdomo, two and a third inning scoreless. And then Position player Jace Peterson was able to deliver a scoreless setting, but damage had been done. This was damaging for the Pittsburgh Pirates as the New York Mets just completely clobbered them on Wednesday 5-1. The Mets wind up being able to get it done in game number one as Eduardo Escobar, home run number 15 of the season off of Bryce Wilson, Taylor Naquin, home run number 11, both off of the bulk guys. Wayne Underwood Jr. as the opener allows a run in an inning, and then Wilson gives up four runs in six innings before Miguel Diagir winds up giving you a pair of scoreless innings for the Mets. Chris Bassett had you hook, line, and sinker. Ten punch-outs, one run allowed over the course of seven innings. Seth Lugo, two scores from there. And then the New York Mets, they just completely manhandled the Pittsburgh Pirates from there. 10-0. Jacob DeGrom was absolutely tremendous. Seven scoreless innings. Adam Onovino was able to come in for a scoreless inning. And then Alex Claudio, former Brewers great, was able to come in. And for the Mets, they go 8-18 of 18 with men in scoring position. They scored 10 runs despite the fact that they left 13 men in scoring position. As for the Pittsburgh Pirates, Juan Oviedo got five outs in his start and he gave up five Walks along the way, four runs. Zach Thompson, three runs surrendered in three innings. Eric Sout, one and a third inning scoreless. Tyler Beatty, he gives up two runs in an inning. And Johan Ramirez, he gives up one run in two innings as the Pirates. They allowed those 10 runs without giving up a single homer. So that was a relatively sad state of affairs. But a DK Nation pick, that was a sad state of affairs as you wound up having a combined seven home runs between the Detroit Tigers and the LA Angels still. If you want to take in the closing number of nine, get a push. If you took the opener of eight and a half, you take a loss. Five to four the final as the LA Angels just were allergic to keeping the ball in the yard. It's going deep for the Detroit Tigers. Eric Koss, home run number 10 of the season. Gary Carpenter, home run number three. Spencer Torkelson, sixth home run of the season. And home run number one of the season for Ryan Kreidler. So that was not too tremendous as the LA Angels wind up having both Mike Trout and Joey Otani go yard. Trout, number 32 of the season. Number 33 for Otani, both off of the bullpen. As he also did wind up having the first home run of the season for Matt Theus in this game off the starter Drew Hutchinson wind up happening as Hutchinson gives up two runs over the course of four innings, including that home run. Will Vest allows one of those home runs in an inning. It was a solo shot. Andrew Chafin, solo run in an inning, but Jason Foley, Jose Cicero, Gregory Soto all provided scoreless inning. And for the Tigers, they win this game despite going 1 of 10 with men in scoring position. Patrick Sandoval, solid in this game for the Angels. Gives up a one run over the course of five innings, that one run being a solo bomb. But then Andrew Watts gives up a solo run in an inning. Jaime Barilla gives up a run in an inning. Jimmy Herget a scoreless inning. But Jose Quiata, who's been relatively solid out there in the bullpen, he gives up two solo runs before Zach Weiss had to get the final out of the bullpen. So fitting that the Angels wind up losing a game in which both Trout and Otani wind up going deep in. You did wind up also seeing the Atlanta Braves just completely manhandle the Oakland A's after we wound up seeing on Tuesday, by the way, just a calamity, 10-9. You wound up seeing that game go down as for the Atlanta Braves. It was Mr. Matt Olson that was able to hit his 28th home run season. Kyle Wright was not Mr. Wright, giving up eight runs in four innings, including a pair of homers. Going deep for the Oakland A's, Sean Murphy home run number 18 of the season. Chad Pender winds up going deep off of relief arm Dylan Lee, 
home run number 11 of the season, and Seth Brown, home run number 20. But the Atlanta Braves bullpen wound up having his back as he did have Lee give up that home run in two-thirds of an inning, but Rossi Iglesias, A.J. Minter, Kenley Jansen, all in scoreless inning, and then Jesse Chavez, one of the third inning scoreless, and for Oakland, Cole Irvin gives up nine runs in four and two-thirds innings, including that home run, Joe Piams gives up a run in an inning before Sam Mall, Austin Pruitt, Kirby C combined for three and a third inning scoreless. A little bit more tame on Wednesday as for the Atlanta Braves, Spencer Strider was able to get the win, and for Spencer Strider, nine punch outs, two runs allowed in six innings. He has been electric. For the Atlanta Braves, Colin McHugh, Rossi Iglesias both come back with a scoreless inning as Tyler Mazik did wind up allowing a solo home run to Seth Brown, home run number 21 of the season. And for young Ken Waldachuk, not the world's worst start. He gives up three runs of five and a third innings, including a pair of bombs. Hansi Swanson, home run number 18 of the season. Fallon Grisham, home run number five. But you wound up seeing Kirby Sneak give up three runs and did not wind up getting a single out as you wound up having our good friend Tyler Sear lower his ERA to a 13.50 by giving up one run in an inning as Norge Ruiz, two and two-thirds inning scoreless to be able to polish that one off. You were able to get one polish off if you were a fan of the Chicago White Sox. They get down 4-0 to zero in this game. You wind up having a little bit of a calamity error happen by the Mariners who had three in this game in total that wound up completely throwing off Luis Castillo and the White Sox. They took that momentum and they capitalized. 9-6 to six of finalist Castillo gives up six runs of five and two-thirds innings. Only three of which were earned due to some of those errors as he was taken deep by Eloy Jimenez, number 10 for his home run count on the season. Penn Murphy, he was able to get an out of the bullpen. You did wind up having Diego Castillo give up an unearned run in an inning and Chris Flexen, two unearned runs given up in an inning. These guys did not wind up helping out their pitching whatsoever. I will say the Chris Flexen error that was on himself, he should be probably credited with both of those runs. Penn Murphy and out of the bullpen. And for the Seattle Mariners and Eugenio Suarez, who, by the way, since the beginning of the 2018 season, I believe has the most home runs in the big leagues of anyone. Home runs number 26 and 27 of the campaign. He takes Michael Kopech deep, who allowed four runs in three and two-thirds innings. He also wound up taking Aaron Bummer deep, who has been living up to his aim. He winds up giving up that one run over the course of an inning. And Jake Deep and Men gives up a run in two-thirds of an inning, but Joe Kelly, pair of outside the bullpen scrolls, and Jose Ruiz, Vince Velasquez, and Liam Hendricks all were able to land a scoreless inning as well. The New York Yankees are currently playing game two of their double dip. As I do this, they look like they're going to be in position to be able to get a W there, but game number one involved 12 innings. Five to four, the Yankees get it done with Aaron Judge hitting home run number 55 of the season, and after game one of that double dip, the Yankees in their last four games have been three and one, with three of those games decided by one run, and Judge had homered in all four. He has been so critical for this team. Gleyber Torres he also went deep in this one. Home run number 19 of the season. The home run that Judge wound up hitting, it was off of the young guy in Louis Varland. In his first career start, not bad. He gives up two runs in five and a third innings. Griffin Jackson gives up the other home run in two-thirds of an inning, giving up just one run. Caleb Theobar, Ore Lopez, Michael Fulmer, all deliver a scoreless setting. Yohan Duran, two scoreless settings, and then Trevor McGill gives up two runs, one of which was earned in the 12th inning. So if you had the under in this one, Thoughts and prayers to you as Jose Miranda goes deep in the first inning off of Domingo Herman, number 14, for his home run count on the season as Herman gives up three runs over the course of six innings. Bullpen did their part. Six innings giving up one run with most of those coming in extras. Clay Holmes, two scoreless innings. Wani Peralta, Jonathan Luizga, both deliver scoreless inning. Ron Menanakio, under run given up in extras in one and a third innings before our good friend Mr. Weisert, Greg Weisert, was able to give a pair of outs out of the bullpen to be able to get the W. And then as I do this right now, Yankees currently up by a count of 4-1 to one as 
It was not necessarily the start that Joe Ryan was looking for, giving up four runs over the course of four innings. He's now got an ERA on the road that is north of a 525 in Garrett Cole as I do this. Five and two-thirds innings with 12 strikeouts. So, you know, that's nice. And Isaiah Canera-Falefa, his second home run in the series and home run number three of the season. So that has been an interesting development for the 31st time in the last 34 games. The Miami Marlins scored three runs or fewer. First time in their last seven games in which they broke the two-run plateau. They wind up losing to the Philadelphia Phillies by a count of four to three. Yes, for the Miami Marlins. They had Jacob Sullings go yard for home run number four of the season. That one coming off of Connor Brog to do a lot of run in an inning, and Bailey Falter is not that good. Gives up two runs in five and a third innings. Andrew Bellotti, one and two-thirds innings. Scoreless Jose Alvarado. He winds up lending a scoreless inning in with a Philadelphia Phillies pair of bombs. Umando Sosa, second home run in the last two days and second home run of the season off of Trevor Rogers. and Rogers gives one up to Gene Segura. Ninth home run of the season. Not a bad start for Rogers. He gives up three runs over the course of six innings. Uscar Brazobin was able to give up one run in two innings as well, but oh boy. This Miami Marlins offense is not too good. The Blue Jays, after they wound up losing on Tuesday to the Baltimore Orioles, they bounce back and they're able to get it done on Wednesday as Alec Manoa gives up one run over the course of eight innings for the Toronto Blue Jays. They were able to do a solid job of being able to get to the bullpen as Tyler Wells. He wound up giving up one run over the course of two innings and then Dean Kramer was used as a bulk guy, which I thought that this was very interesting. Three runs, two of which were earned off of him before Joey Crebio winds up being able to hold down the fourth. So that was critical for the Reds. They take down the Chicago Cubs. Currently, it's in the bottom of the seventh inning as you did wind up having Mike Miner go five and two-thirds innings. He allowed ten hits and one run. Cubs wind up making like your buddy at the bar and they just could not wind up taking advantage of opportunities. Meanwhile, Javier Assad, four runs surrendered over the course of five and a third innings, including a pair of home runs given up to Jake Fraley, home run number nine of the season and sixth home run of the year for Aristides Aquino as... Right now, I just don't have a lot for you in terms of the Nationals versus Cardinals game. Rangers are currently up 3-1 to one against the Houston Astros, so we shall see what winds up happening with those games. But we have really been noticing that it has been a case to which the unders have been lending quite a bit of value here in Major League Baseball, unless if you wind up giving out a DK Nation pick, which for some reason we wind up seeing seven home runs for the Tigers and the LA Angels. Not that I am salty here or anything like that, but with that said, overall over the last seven days, it's been a 50-50 split between over and unders. If you wind up branching this out to the last 30 days, you'll notice that the under rate right in the neighborhood about 52.5%, 199 overs to 179 overs in this time span. In this span as well, we have seen favorites do quite well for themselves. 253 and 147, 63.2% hit rate to the favorites and home favorites have been especially good. 151 and 82, that is 64.8% to the home favorites, but 41 of those home favorites failed to wind up covering the run line and season to date home favorites. They've been able to in the neighborhood about 61%, 769 and 496 straight up. But among these home favorites, we have now seen a grand total of 233 failed to cover the run line and overall this season. 993 unders to 929 overs. That is 51.7% to the under. So that's what we're seeing in Major League Baseball right now. And that's what we wound up getting on Tuesday slash Wednesday. Now coming up next, we're going to be turning the page forward to Thursday, talking with our good friend Charlie DeCirco of the Action Network. That is up next right here on the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of the Beeson Family Podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 
21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, 
elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to point game. King of the court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. I'm not guarding like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back to the Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast, and it is great to be joined by our guest as Charlie DeCirco. He's doing great work over there at the Action Network a man that I know hails from the northeast part of the country and does an amazing job taking a look at the game of baseball. You're able to follow my Twitter at Easy Enough. Charlie DeCircle, last name is both D-I-S-T. 
T-U-R-C-O, a man that I know has joined me quite a bit on Beeson. First time having him on the podcast at Charlie. It is great to have you aboard. Thank you so much for joining me. Of course, always great to talk baseball with you. I know I love going on the Beeson and talking the slate with you overnight. And we did really well the last time out, a full sweep for me. And I know we've been seeing the card well, so let's hope it keeps rolling into September. Absolutely. And when you wind up doing the podcast for him, you don't need to get dressed up at all. So that always can take <laughs> very nice and easy because, well, it's audio only. So that winds up helping out as well. But before we wind up diving into the card for Thursday, because as we know, a little bit of a shorter card that we're going to be seeing. What has really been standing out to you the last few weeks in baseball in general? Because I just take a look a little bit more towards your neck of the woods. And up there in the great state of New York, it's been a little bit rough for the Mets. It's been Tough for guys not named Aaron Judge for the New York Yankees. But I take a look at the Mets. I know that a lot of people are making a ton of the fact that they did wind up dropping a few games to the Nationals and the Pittsburgh Pirates, which no question, not necessarily what you want. But I take a look at that NL East division in general, and I really feel like we need to be giving all of our flowers to the Atlanta Braves. We need to be giving them a lot more credit than we need to be giving blame to the New York Mets for winding up having this lead, winding up getting whittled down to what wound up being at the beginning of the day on Wednesday, a dead heat. I'm not sure where you wind up standing on the NL East, but I think the fact that the Atlanta Braves have been able to catch up to the New York Mets is nothing more than the Atlanta Braves just being absolutely amazing right now at a team that is going to be a force when it comes to the postseason. Yeah, I mean, I think the Atlanta Braves are the team to beat in the National League at this point in time. I mean, the value in them winning the NL East is probably not a great choice right now, considering they were like plus 700 when they were playing the Mets a couple weeks ago. But this is the number one team in WRC Plus over the last 14 days. They're only going to get better down the stretch with Soroka coming back, rehabbing back from injury. Ozzy Albies should rejoin the team come the postseason. So I think Atlanta's the team to beat. They have the top pitching. They have Strider, who just put a, a terrific performance his last time out. Max Freed. Top the top of that rotation, and they have the great bullpen. They went out and got the necessary pieces of Vicel Iglesias. So I think the Braves are the most complete team in the National League from top to bottom offensively and on the pitching side of things. I think the New York Mets probably will win the NL East altogether because of the easy schedule. I'm not too worried considering they dropped two out of three against the Washington Nationals. But I think down the stretch, the Mets barely have the edge. But I do think that if you're going to play – a future, you would look toward the Atlanta Braves to win the National League here. And how much fun would it be? Because in very late September into very early October, we're going to have a big giant Mets versus Braves series in that weekend that winds up wrapping up the months of September. So I think that it would be absolutely tremendous if those teams are pretty much neck and neck in the division. And I would expect nothing different at this point. So to your point, I do think that you do have a little bit of value with the Mets just because the Braves are going to have to go up against the Seattle Mariners over the weekend. They go on the road and they have to play against the Giants, too. They've been playing a little bit, but it's still a West Coast Road Series in and of itself. They play the Phillies, so yeah, that is going to be a little mm-hmm. bit tough for the Atlanta Braves, but still, they have been play- playing some amazing baseball. As joining me on the podcast, we do have Charlie DeCirco of the Action Network, and when it comes to betting on doubleheaders, it's always very difficult because you wind up seeing shuffled around pitchers. You wind up seeing Things are just strange in terms of the lineups in general. But I just want to get your thoughts as a whole on Corbin Burns, who's going to be going for the Milwaukee Brewers and what appears to be game one of the doubleheader. Now, like I said, you want to be chugging back because we could wind up seeing him go in game two of the doubleheader. We could wind up seeing things get shuffled around between his matchup against Jacob Junis. So even though we're doing this overnight, it could be completely different in the AM. But with Corbin Burns, he's allowed five plus runs in each of his last three starts. 
I really feel like the two losses that the Milwaukee Brewers wound up taking last two days against the Colorado Rockies, that was just a dagger in any hope that they wound up having going into the lighter half of September of being able to make the playoffs. I'm not sure where you stand with regards to Corbin Burns, but I do think that this might be a little bit of a get-right spot, but some big worries with what he's done over the last three starts because this just does not look like the same Corbin Burns that we've seen over the last year and a half or so. Right. I, he definitely is not the same pitcher from last season by any means. And then the second half, with the, since the All-Star break, he's got a 5.01 ERA across nine starts. I don't think he's going to struggle here against San Francisco. I think you hit it. I think it's a get-right spot for him. I think Milwaukee as a whole will sweep the doubleheader. But he has thrown against the Giants twice this season and has one earned run across 14 innings, 21 strikeouts, and six hits. So there's not much to hate on Kerbin Burns when it comes to playing against San Francisco. Plus, he returns home. His expected ERA is still right around his ERA in the low threes, and he has a 35% hard hit rate. I'm not really worried about Kerbin Burns as a whole. I think that he's going to be fine. I think that, obviously, the second half does worry you a little bit, and I think that there are times where you can fade him because you'll always get value fading pitchers like Corbin Burns, Garrett Cole at times, especially against the lesser teams. We saw that the last time out against Arizona. But I'm not looking to back San Francisco by any means. Their bullpen's a mess. It's always been a mess. I do not trust anyone in that back end. And I'm not really sold on Jacob Junis. I think Brewers get right here, plus the last 14. They're top 10 in WRC+, plus Woba and isolated power as far as at the plate. So their offense is hitting. Their pitching is just not looking great. And it looks like the Giants are going to be coming off of just a heartbreaking defeat as we do this podcast as the Giants and the Dodgers game is happening. Giants wound up being in a tie game 3-3 three to three going into the bottom of the eighth inning and gave up four runs to the bottom of the eighth. Just the song and dance of the season for the San Francisco Giants. Their bullpen throwing things completely down the toilet bowl. And that wound up happening once again on Wednesday. So not necessarily the world's greatest spot there for the San Francisco Giants. But you mentioned it. It is probably going to be a relatively chalky line between the Brewers and the Giants. Right now I'm seeing one additional line at DraftKings minus 215. And it really is a theme of what we're seeing in terms of a lot of these games for Thursday. Now, as of right now, Yankees have a to-be-determined starter. Could be a little bit tighter if we do wind up seeing... The Yankees go with a less than trustworthy guy, pretty much anyone not named Nestor Cortez because Sonny Gray, he's going to be going for the Minnesota Twins. It's just whether or not Cortez goes or not for the Yankees as trying to be determined. But when it comes to this game, I think things have went up a little bit too chalky, and that has really been a theme of the month of September thus far as I think that you're sort of looking the same way that I am. Nationals against the St. Louis Cardinals. Cardinals right around about a minus 275 to a minus 285 favorite. With the Nationals, they trot out their Josiah Gray, which Josiah Gray is giving up a lot of deep balls. 34 home runs. I believe that that winds up leading the league, but if you're willing to give me plus 240 <clears throat> on a guy that's got a sub-4 ERA on the road and is being backed up by a Nationals lineup that, dare I say, has actually not been bad here in the month of September, I'm willing to take a shot at that big of a plus price. Not sure if you're with me here on the Washington Nationals, but I just feel like you're getting value with them because everyone is thinking, oh, they stink, they stink, they stink. Everyone is trying to tank when in reality, yeah, the front office might be trying to tank. Those guys out there on the field, they're still giving you a very good and respectable effort. Yeah, I'm totally with you. I'm totally on the Nationals train here. I like them over the first five, a plus 220 over at points bet. Like you said, they took two out of three from the Mets. They're being a pest. They took the C- the series opener against St. Louis and in a four-game series, obviously the, f- the fourth and finale comes tomorrow. But over the last 14, days. They're 7th in WRC+, 5th in WOBA. This team just gets it done. They're a bunch of ragtag players that are playing up to the level of major leaguers. And Josiah Gray, 
Obviously, it's always, always, always a concern with him when it comes to barrel rate. 11.4% barrel rate. So double digits, not great. Paul Goldschmidt could easily turn on one here. But aside from that, his advanced metrics are great. He has just a 212 expected batting average, a strikeout rate above 25%. He generates swings and misses a lot. And he's much better on the road, a 364 ERA on the road. So I think that Josiah gets a good start here. I think against St. Louis, obviously their offense is always a terror, especially down the stretch here. But I'm more focused on fading Adam Wainwright. My biggest cap here, I think plus 220 is way too heavy of a number for the Nationals against Adam Wainwright, who's expected ERA over a run higher than his actual ERA. And he's being barreled the most in his career above 7%. His strikeouts are declining. His walks are up a bit. He's a pitcher that I'm looking to fade down the stretch here, especially the Cardinals. They're going to be heavy favorites probably the rest of the month. So get right spot here. Get the Nationals at such a heavy price. So I love them at the plus 220 over the first five and may dip my feet into the uh, full game as well with you. I am going to be taking a look at the full game personally because the Nationals bullpen has actually not been bad recently. I can't believe I'm saying it, but the Washington Nationals have gotten guys like Kyle Finnegan and Erasmo Ramirez to be able to give them some good innings. So, you know what? Give me <laughs> plus 240 here. I'm going to be willing to take it. As sure to be on the podcast, we do have Charlie DeCirco of the Action Network. And Charlie, you're a man that, much like myself, I know that you'd like taking a look at Sandy Alcantara days when he's going for the Miami Marlins. And we've got one on Thursday. Total on this game is seven, which most of the time you're not going to find a game with Kyle Gibson starting in it with a total of seven, but I don't know about you. The one thing that I'm really taking a look at here is going to be the under, though. The Miami Marlins entering into Wednesday. Three runs or fewer in 30 of their last 33 games. This has to be the worst run of offense I've ever seen in my life. Sandy Alcantara has been struggling a little bit more in recent starts, but I've got faith that he's going to be able to have a nice start on Thursday against the Philadelphia Phillies. And for the Miami Marlins to win this game, I honestly think that they just need Sandy Alcantara to give up one or two runs because I don't see them being able to generate much offense in the spot. Not sure if you see it any differently, but what I really like in this game is the under. Yeah, I do lean toward the under here when it comes to the total, but I'm going to back and hold my nose and hope that the Marlins can scratch a few runs against Kyle Gibson here. (laughs) Sandy Alcantara, whenever he's an underdog, I feel like I have to take him. His barrel rate's the lowest since 2018. He's winning the Cy Young this year. Expected batting average at 215. And every other start, you mentioned his struggles. Every other start from Alcantara has been absolute money. He comes in after six runs over five against Atlanta. The time before that, a complete game, one run outing against the Dodgers. The time before that, six runs over three and two-thirds against the Dodgers. And then the time before that, seven shutout innings against the Padres. So we know Alcantara can come in and take down the best offenses in baseball. The Phillies... I'm not so sure that they're going to be able to put it all together. And Kyle Gibson, I faded him last time out against Alex Cobb and the Giants, and I'm going to fade him again here. He's really not been great in the second half of the season. Outside of his shutout against the Pirates, he's been very hittable. He's got a 4.94 ERA at night, and the ground ball rate is his career low, 46%. He's a different pitcher than last season, and I can't ever back Kyle Gibson as a favorite against Sandy Alcantara. I just can't believe that this line opened at plus 115. I'm looking to back the Marlins probably over the first five at this point at minus 105 at points bet just because we don't want to get the bullpens involved. The Marlins, it just seems like every time they get great outings from their starting pitchers, the bullpen just comes in and blows it in the eighth or ninth. So I like the Marlins here over the first five. I could see a 0-0 outing. 
think, but I hope that the Marlins can scratch a couple runs off. Let's hope Avi Garcia's back, so maybe he can hit a home run and change things, but that's how I'm capping this game. Yeah, and if Avicio Garcia is not out there in the fold, the Marlins literally do not have a single player that is not on the injured list that has hit more than seven home runs this season. When I saw that at first, I thought it was a typo. It's just absolutely yeah. mind-blowing what we've seen on the Miami Marlins right now, so I could certainly see like a two-to-one style win, but for Sandy Alcantara, very good news with him. You were talking about the bullpens. Typically, he's able to go seven plus innings, so you wind up having him be able to go deep, and then you're able to get into one or two trustworthy bullpen pieces, and that's a big part of the handicap as well. So that is something that you always feel good about with Sandy Alcantara, and if he doesn't wind up going seven plus innings, well, your Marlins ticket is probably not going to be looking too great anyway, so you really... <laughs> Don't need to wind up sweating that out as much as we do have Charlie DeCirco trying to be on the podcast. And Charlie, I know you're doing an absolutely amazing job taking a look at the game of baseball. And I know you guys over there at the Action Network, you're hyped up for a little bit of everything. You guys do a great job just covering everything from the NFL, baseball. I know that when college basketball season is going, you guys are all going to be doing tremendous work. And I know that you've been doing great work all season long, taking a look at the game of baseball. So let the good people at home know how they're able to get all of your work and follow along on social media and other platforms. Yeah, well, thanks for having me first and foremost. But uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Charlie Disturco. D-I-S-T-U-R-C-O is the last name. All my articles are there. I'm doing baseball content throughout the year. You'll find me in the best bets right up, especially down the stretch. And then I'll be doing NFL content, college basketball content. So the majority of my work is all at Action Network. If you don't see me there, well, you'll see me on VSIN from time to time with you. So it's always great to talk baseball with you, but that's how you can find me. Charlie doing absolutely amazing work with the Action Network and was great to have him aboard. He's doing an absolutely amazing job taking a look at the baseball slate day in and day out. So big thanks to Charlie for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. Coming up next, it is that time to podcast. It can be picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Thursday as we touch them all. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, 
elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to point game. King of the court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of the Beeson Family of Podcasts and it is always a pleasure to get Charlie DeCirco on the show. He does a great job over there at the Action Network, taking a look at the great game of baseball out there in the northeast part of the country, and he does absolutely amazing work day in and day out, taking a look at the game that we love. So a big thanks to him for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast to give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Thursday as we touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do note that as per usual, any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at GUnit underscore 81. Going to be going in Las Vegas rotation order. This is where we go National League games first, then the American League games. If we would have interleague games, they would be at the bottom, but... We do not have any of those, so that'll keep things all nice, neat, clean, and easy. So, without further ado, let's dive in. 901-902 on the betting board. It is the St. Louis Cardinals playing host to the Washington Nationals. Josiah Gray is going to be going for the Nets, and Adam Wainwright is on the bump for the Cardinals. Cardinals are the biggest favorites on the board. Anywhere between minus 275 and minus 285, plus 242, plus 245, your number on Washington. 7.5 is the total, the over and the under, both at minus 110. Another circumstance, much like we've been seeing much in this series, that I do feel like the St. Louis Cardinals should be a favorite and a sizable favorite. We've went too far here. Anything of a plus 212 or higher is willing to take a shot on Washington now. For Mr. Gray, 34 home runs allowed thus far this season. That's honestly too terrific, but what I will say for Josiah Gray is 
His ERA is significantly better on the road with a 364 compared to a 651 at home. He's a lot, a lot of deep balls in both locations. 17 in each. He has pitched 15 more innings on the road. Either way, he is giving up a lot of hard contact. It is a St. Louis ballpark that is a little bit more pitcher-friendly, which helps him out. Well, it doesn't help him out. The fact that he's going to have to go up against Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado. A pair of guys that thus far this season entering into Wednesday a combined 62 home runs. They have been incredible. Paul Goldschmidt hitting a 330. Nolan Arenado, a 300. And then Brandon Donovan at home has been hitting well above a 350. Nolan Gorman, he's got a couple multi-home run games of his own as he, Tommy Edmond, Tyler O'Neill, all between 13 and 14 home runs apiece. Edmond has been able to deliver 25-plus stolen bases. Lars Newpar post all star break north of a 350 on base. But for Washington, Joey Manessis has been a tremendous story. A 30-year-old journeyman guy that has come up. He's got seven home runs at his first 122 at-bats. He's hitting well above a 300. Luis Garcia moving the line, hitting at 295. They get back Nelson Cruz yesterday. Cesar Hernandez, Lane Thomas, pair of guys hitting between about a 240 to a 250. You've got Luke Voigt hitting 18 home runs. So there are some guys that are able to produce for this Washington team, and we've been seeing that on full display. Before the one run that they wanted putting up on Tuesday, they had scored four plus runs in five out of their last six games, and you do take a look at the bullpen of the Washington Nationals. I'm going to Going to go out here and say that they're anything super dominant, but Erasmo Ramirez posting up right around a 3 ERA. Kyle Finnegan has been able to pick it up with a 3 ERA. Been able to get some good innings out of Hunter Harvey. Mason Thompson is able to give you multiple innings. He's posted up a sub-1 ERA this season. And for the St. Louis Cardinals, Packy Nunn along Genesis Cabrera, two of their longer guys. They've been dealing with injuries. Ryan Elsley has been amazing. He's posting up a sub-250 ERA, but you still got Chris Stratton, Jojo Romero, a pair of guys that haven't been great, I will say, for Chris Stratton ever since since he's come over from Pittsburgh, he's been a little bit better. And for Adam Wainwright, he is the better starter in this position because he's been able to do an amazing job at home. 321 ERA overall, but 241 ERA at home. 231 ERA on the road, giving up five home runs over the course of 97 innings when he has been at home this season with opponents. Hitting about 30 points lower off of him when he is at home. He's been able to limit the walks as well. He had a little bit of an issue with that towards the beginning part of the season. Just seven walks rendered in 33 and two-thirds innings across his last five starts. But I do think that the Washington Nationals are going to be able to generate just just enough offense to be able to get to Wainwright. I mentioned it, Josiah Gray, he is giving up quite a few home runs, but this is an improved Washington Nationals lineup as well. So I did want to say my total at an 8.2. Looking over, I think the number has just went too far here. I'm going to take the plus price with Washington. 903-904 on the betting board. The Cincinnati Reds, yes, we are in the Cincinnati. They're under the road. They're facing off against the Chicago Cubs. As Adrian Sampson, he is going to be getting the start for the Cubs. And Luis Sessa goes for the Reds. Most places do not have a total up on this game. Most places wait until the AM because of the good old Wrigley Field win, but I am seeing a total at DraftKings of 8.5 over is minus 115 and the under is minus 105. Minus 145 to minus 155 is your number on the Cubs. And between plus 134 and plus 140 is the number that you've got on Cincinnati on the lone run line that I'm seeing. Well, we aren't seeing any run lines, but I set my own run line. I would need at least a plus 130 to take a shot on the Cubs and was willing to lay up to a minus 148 with them. So the minus 145 that we're seeing right now, that'd be the max I'd be willing to lay with the Chicago Cubs, but I would be willing to lay it with Luis Sessa. He's been able to do a good job of stretching himself out, but he's someone that is coming in from the bullpen, and now he's looking to start, and that's just not necessarily an ideal circumstance for a Reds team that they are dead last in the big leagues in terms of bullpen ERA. Alexis Diaz has been rock solid for that bullpen as he's posting up a sub-225 ERA, and then Ian Gabot has been okay for them, but guys like Revier, Sam Martin, Hunter Strickland, Art Warren, you're able to go down the line 
of guys that are posting up an ERA of a five or greater, and you feel just a little bit better in general about Adrian Sampson. Now, I mentioned it, the Wrigley Field win is going to be dictating a lot of the total. Looks like we're not just getting much wind in general, and if it is, it's going to be a little bit more directional, not really blowing out, not really blowing in. So wind should not be playing too much of a factor. What should be playing a factor is the fact that Adrian Sampson, he's been able to do a solid job for this team, giving up two runs or fewer, and now four out of his last five starts, and he's been able to do a little bit of a worse job at home rather than on the road. 450 home ERA compared to a 331 ERA on the road with six out of his seven home runs coming at home. I do think that having not so much win, really none at all in this circumstance, that is going to be able to help him out. Mentioned the fact that Luis Essa just probably not going to deliver well length. It has been going upwards in terms of the amount of innings he's able to throw as start number one. He goes two innings, giving up two runs against the Phils, one run in four innings against Washington Nationals, and then two runs in five innings against the Colorado Rockies. So he's been able to extend himself a little bit, but still not where you'd like him to be for an average big league starter. And for the Reds, it's been a top-heavy lineup ever since the trade deadline where they wanted trading away guys like Brendan Drury, Taylor Nankwin, and company has. You do have Jonathan India, Kyle Farmer, along T.J. Friedel, all at least a 260 at the top of the fold. And this is a bunch that is giving some guys a little bit of a tryout, for lack of a better term. You've got Jose Barrero, Chucky Robinson, not necessarily excelling as these two guys along veteran R.E.C. De Sacchino. Hitting below the middle line of 200, but Jake Fraley, he's been able to do a good job. Eight home runs and 141 at-bats, and... For the Cubs, they remain two power bats. And Patrick Wisdom, coupled with Wilson Contreras, are currently on the injured list. Both of these guys, north of 20 home runs. Now, they've got guys there, but get on base. Nick Madrigal, C.A. Suzuki, both of these guys hit in the neighborhood about a 260. You've got Christopher Morrell hitting in that 250 range. Ian Appetis will be able to do a good job of moving the line. 350 on base, 16 home runs. Framil Reyes, since he's come over to the squad, he's been hitting above a 250 as well. So, a little bit of an interesting circumstance. The Cubs bullpen, it's a little bit better than that of the Cincinnati Reds, but they did wind up trading away quite a few pieces at the deadline, like David Roberts and Michael Gibbons. So now they're looking at Brandon Hughes for big innings. Michael Rucker has been a little bit better, but you still have your woes with him. He's got a little bit north of a four ERA, which is why I did wind up saying my total at 8.6. Certainly both of these offenses are a little bit banged up, but at the same time, we have seen... Adrian Sampson have his tough spots at home, and Luis Sessa, I just don't think he's going to deliver a lot of length in general. Not these bullpens necessarily too impressive as well. So, one lay up to a minus 148 with the Cubs and looking at the 8.5 over as well. We are going to be going to our double dip now as we're going to go a little bit out of order and just do these games together. 905-906 and 909-910 on the betting board. The San Francisco Giants, they had third face off against the Milwaukee Brewers. Game number one is going to feature Jacob Junis of the Giants and Corbin Burns of the Milwaukee Brewers. Game number two, it is going to be most likely a bullpen game for the San Francisco Giants. They are to be determined on a starter, and Freddie Peralta is going to be going for the Milwaukee Brewers. Well, game number one first, because we know the starters are going to be, and we actually have a DraftKings line on this one. The Brewers are minus 215, plus 185 on the San Francisco Giants. Total of 7, over is minus 115, the under is minus 105, and if you're looking at the Brewers on the run line, you're able to get plus 105, and... For Corbin Burns, it has been a very, very bad slide from. He has given up at least five runs in each out of his last three starts. So, boy, you've got to figure that he is going to be able to rebound a little bit. And for Jacob Junis, he's been a little bit all over the place this season as he comes in having given up at least three runs and now four out of his last five starts as well. So, 
Neither of these guys are necessarily in good recent form, which is why I do want to say my total at 7.6. I am going to be taking a look at the over in this circumstance, especially with Jacob Junis having a 356 home ERA compared to a 466 road ERA on the road. He is giving up right around 1.2, 1.3 home runs per nine innings. The command has been good for Jacob Junis. Credit where credit is due. 1.85 walks per nine innings. He's been getting... About 7.8, 7.9 strikeouts per nine innings. Nothing bad, nothing terrific for Corbin Burns. He's got 200 strikeouts overall this season. A little bit over 11 punch-outs per nine innings. Problem for him has been giving up the deep ball, and he's actually been worse at home than he has been on the road. 328 home ERA, 273 road ERA, 13 home runs at 85 innings. Give it up at home. Road, he has been giving up more like 0.85 home runs per nine innings. Overall, opponents are still hitting just a buck 99 off of him. And even in this nasty funk, he's still been able to do a relatively solid job with command. Over his last five starts, he has given up eight walks over the course of 28 innings. So, I mean, he's still there. And one of the starts that he did wind up giving up the five-plus runs in, that would be against the L.A. Dodgers. And the L.A. Dodgers, they are certainly a fortified and very, very good offense. And you know what? With the Milwaukee Brewers, the one part of this offense that is very good is the power part. As Hunter Renfro, Rowdy Telez, Willie Adamas, all these guys have been able to crank out at least 24 home runs. And then you've got Andrew McCutcheon, Luis Urias. These guys have been able to supply 15 home runs. They just don't have that one guy that's able to move the line. Christian Yelich has become the leadoff hitter for this team, right around a 360 on basis. He, Hunter Renfro, Mike Brasso, throwing their Casanera, Andrew McCutch, and all these guys in between about a 244 to 260. But I mean, these are really your leaders in terms of batting average right now. Meanwhile, for the San Francisco Giants, they do have one guy that's been able to supply north of 20 home runs. That'd be Jock Peterson, 21 bombs going into the game that we wound up seeing on Wednesday. But for the San Francisco Giants as well, you don't have those guys that they consistently move the line. Peterson has been able to hit about a 265 for the team. Got a lot of guys hitting sort of in that fold of, I would say, about a 242 to 255. Luis Gonzalez, Evan Longoria, J.D. Davis, Wilmer Flores are all in that neighborhood. Therio Estrada, he's been able to supply a double-digit amount of homers and. Lewis Brinson on a very small sample size has been solved, but I don't trust him. Lewis Brinson being able to keep that up for too much longer. For the San Francisco Giants, the bullpen has been a massive woe. You can tell that they are currently missing Buster Posey in the worst way possible. Because with this bullpen, it's a lot of the same pieces that we wound up seeing from last year, but they currently rank in the bottom eight in terms of bullpen here right now. They do have John Brebbia throwing their Alex Young and Camilio Duvall. These are guys that have been able to post up a sub-3-2 ERA this season. Jarlon Garcia, he's been a little bit worse as well, but... With this bullpen, when you wind up getting into the guys like Tyler Rogers and company, it has not been great. And for the Milwaukee Brewers, this bullpen has not been the same ever since they wanted trading away Josh Hader as well. Devin Williams has given up just three earned runs over the course of his last 42 appearances. He's been able to do a good job right Boxberg. He's posting up a sub-3 ERA, but we've seen Hobie Milner not be able to get the job done. Peter Strzelski has been okay when it comes to this bullpen as well, but no question, it has been a Brewers team that they have not been the same ever since that trade. But that said, with regards to the Brewers, I was willing to take them as long as I was getting really any sort of a plus price in regards to run line. Right now, we're seeing it at a plus 105. That's where I'd be taking a look. I do think that, much like I was talking about with Charlie, we are going to see a little bit of bounce back here from Corbin Burns. I did mind saying my troll at 7.6. This is not the same Burns that we are seeing before in the Giants bullpen. Spent a gas can, so looking over on the current number and we'll be looking at a Brewers run line. And then when it comes to 957, 958, Giants bullpen game. I just laid it out how bad this bullpen is. Alex Young is a former starter, so he could wind up seeing a couple meaningful innings. You typically are going to get an extra guy that winds up getting called up from the minor leagues. 
Perhaps you wind up getting someone like a Thomas Zapucky who winds up being able to fill a couple innings. This is TBD, but with sight unseen in terms of like the opener slash starter for the San Francisco Giants, I did wind up making them a plus 192 underdog. Freddie Peralta minus 192 and what is going to be 909910 on the betting board because with Freddie Peralta, he's been able to do a nice job of being able to get swings and misses. That has never been an issue when it comes to Freddie Peralta. Overall, he's getting more than 10 strikeouts per nine innings, but when it comes to Freddie Peralta, what has always hurt him is the fact that he does wind up giving up quite a few walks. That winds up blessing the Ning, the amount of length that he's able to give. Now, I do think that Corbin Burns in game number one is going to be able to deliver some length, so that'll save a few bullpen pieces here for game number two, but Freddie Peralta overall this season, 426 home area, 267 area on the road. It's kept the ball in the air, giving up five home runs overall over the course of 68 and a third innings, but still, those walks, they continue to linger just a little bit from as he's been giving up a little bit over three walks per nine innings. Opponents are just a buck 89 off of him, but has been very touch and go for him ever since he's come off the injured list, has been looking better recently with a 2.08 ERA over the course of his last five starts, but a lot of those starts, they do wind up coming on the road as his bugaboo has been at home. So, in a bullpen game against Freddie Peralta, setting the Brewers minus 192 on the money line, so relatively similar lines in terms of both of these in money line and run line, and much like with the start that Corbin Burns is going to be giving, just any sort of a plus price on the run line, I'd be willing to take a look at the Brewers with Freddie Peralta going, but this is a total in which it's a full run higher than that in Junins versus Burns, where an 8.5 for less. I'd be looking at it over 9 or higher to the under, whereas in Burns versus Junis, 7.5 for less, looking over 8 or higher to the under. So hopefully I kept things nice, clean, and easy there as we go to my DK Nation pick of 907-908 on the betting board. The Miami Marlins are on the road. They're facing off against the Philadelphia Phillies. Kyle Gibson is going to be going for the Phillies, and Sandy Alcantara is going to be going for the Miami Marlins. The total on this game is 7. The over is minus 120. The under is even. When it comes to the fish, getting them between plus 110 and plus 115, anywhere between minus 125 and minus 130 is your number on the Philadelphia Phillies. And I think you guys know where I'm going with regards to my DK Nation pick. I'm going to be taking a look at the under. I'd be taking a look at the under on a six and a half because mention it with our good friend Charlie. Three runs or fewer scored by this Miami offense in now 30 out of their last 33 games entering Wednesday. There's just guys that should not be on a big league roster that are currently getting at-bats for the Miami Marlins. And they do wind up welcoming back Avicio Garcia. That's big, but even with Avicio Garcia in the fold, nobody that is currently not on the injured list for the Miami Marlins has more than seven home runs this season. It's just complete and utter sadness. You've got Garrett Cooper, who's been able to about a 255. Charles LeBlanc, he's been able to move line. He's been able to about a 275 thus far since getting called up to the big leagues, but past that, you really don't have a lot of bats in this lineup. Now for the Philadelphia Phillies, you do have Kyle Schwarber, who's been able to go deep north of 35 times this year. He's been rock solid, only hitting about a 220, but has been able to do a nice job with regards to power. Bryce Harper, since coming off the injured list, has not had a homer, but he's been able to hit above a 300. Alec Bohm has moved the line, hitting above a 300 post all-star break. JT Riyamuto has been really the best hitting catcher since the beginning of the month of July, but even still, you've got guys like Amando Sosa, Matt Fierling towards the bottom of the fold that are not doing a great job when it comes to this Phillies lineup. And for Kyle Gibson, not been a great year for him overall, but Kyle Gibson has been able to provide some of his best starts recently overall for the campaign, posting up a 448 ERA home and road splits are big in this spot as well because Kyle Gibson, he's been significantly better at home rather than on the road. Right around about a 370 ERA at home. 
5.74 ERA on the road, and he's been giving up right around 1.1 home runs per nine innings at home. Shouldn't wind up coming into play too much just because the Miami Marlins, they really don't have a lot of power bats, and for the Philadelphia Phillies, been dealing with some bullpen injuries. They're going to be without Corey Kadeva most likely for the rest of the season, so they need to rely a little bit more on guys like an Andrew Bellotti, Connor Brogdon, who they've been able to do their part. Right hand, he's been solid all season long. David Robertson, who they picked up at the trade deadline, he's been posting up a sub-250 ERA, dealing with an injury as well to Sir Anthony Dominguez, but they've been able to get by without him. And for the Miami Marlins, because Sandy Alcantara has been able to go seven-plus innings in pretty much all but five of his last 25 starts, that does wind up taking the bullpen out of the fold quite a bit as well, as you're going to be looking at more trustworthy guys like Richard Blyer, Dylan Flora. These guys have been solid along Stephen Okert, who's been able to provide a sub-3 ERA this season, and for Sandy Alcantara, has been a little bit touch-and-go recently for him. He has given up six-plus runs in two out of his last three starts, but still, it has been a masterful season for him in general. He has faced off against the Phillies a few times, and when he has faced off against Philadelphia Phillies, he's been relatively solid. 29 in the third innings. Has not given up a home run against him, posting up a 303 ERA. So they have gotten to him a little bit, but by and large, has been able to provide some solid starts. Now, the one thing I will say about Acontra is that he's got a 161 home ERA compared to a 330 ERA on the road. But overall, this season, his home runs per nine rate. That is about a .6, so he has been amazing with that regard, giving up 2.2 walks per nine innings opponents during a 209 off of him. The biggest issue with backing Sandy Alcantara in the start is just more or less not necessarily what he's doing, but what the offense is not doing, which is why I did wind up making the Miami Marlins a plus 122 underdog as I see it right now. We've gotten this as high as a plus 119. When it's all said and done, I do anticipate being on the Miami Marlins if this winds up continuing to go a little bit northwards. So this is a spot in which I anticipate being on the Marlins. Probably going to be waiting until the AM getting a little bit north of a plus 120 on this number. So that's what I'm targeting right now in terms of money line. But when it comes to the total, set my total once again below a six and a half. I set it at a 6.3 exactly. So this is a spot in which I'm going to be taking a look at the under. That is going to be the DK Nation pick and most likely going to be on the Miami Marlins getting a plus 120 or greater. 909-910 was a part of the Giants versus the Brewers double dip. So we go to 9-11, 9-12 on the betting board. The Minnesota Twins, they're going to be on the road facing off against the New York Yankees. Nestor Cortez, it looks like he's going to be activated for the New York Yankees, but it is still TBD, which is why this game is off the board. And we do know that Sonny Gray is going to be going for the Minnesota Twins. And if we do wind up getting nasty Nestor against Sonny Gray, I did wind up saying the Yankees a minus 156 favorite with a total of 8.3 with an 8 or less being a take on the over in Afrier to the under with Nestor Cortez. Seems like things wound up going well with his rehab as he hasn't made a start in about two, two and a half or so weeks. And right now with the New York Yankees, I've been able to do a very solid job in terms of their pitching. You take a look at this Yankees team. They rank in the top two in terms of bullpen ERA. These guys have been just fine. Jonathan Loisaga has been a little bit of an albatross this year, but Ron Bedanacchio, Juani Peralta, since he's gotten to New York, so this excludes his performance with the Oakland A's. Lou Trevino, these are guys who have been able to post up a sub-3 ERA. Lucas Lukey has been able to do a solid job. Clay Holmes has been a little bit more suspect recently, but I mean, the Yankees bullpen by Nassie Nestor has been relatively solid. Now, you've got to think that with this being Nestor Cortez first start off the injured list, if he does wind up going, if it's not him, it's probably going to wind up being Clark Schmidt, and if it is Clark Schmidt, I probably set the Yankees 
closer to about a minus 130 or so favorite. I downgrade them in the neighborhood about 25 cents, depending upon what we wind up getting there. But when it comes to Nestor Cortez, he's been able to do a very solid job in New York this year. And as a matter of fact, home and road splits, 220 home year, a 315 road year. I give it up just five home runs at 65 and a third innings with opponents saving a buck 73 off of him at home. And for Sonny Gray, he's been very good when he's been on the road this season. 310 ERA overall, but 297 home year, a 327 road year. I give it up just three home runs over the course of 44 innings when he's been away from Minnesota. Strikeout numbers have been down this year, especially on the road. It's getting a little bit less than nine strikeouts per nine innings. So for the Minnesota Twins, a team that they, much like the New York Yankees, did wind up having to expend quite a bit of their bullpen yesterday, especially with having to go 12 innings in game one of that double dip. And the Twins, they don't have quite as much depth in terms of their bullpen as you're going to find with the New York Yankees. You do have guys like Giovanni Moran, Johan Duran, throw in there as well, or a Lopez. These guys have been able to post up a sub-3 ERA this year, and Duran, he throws 100-plus miles per hour. He has been absolutely incredible for this Minnesota Twins team, but with the Minnesota Twins, they're also dealing with quite a few injuries, as you've been having Ori Polanco along with Byron Buxton being out of the fold for this team, and those are really your main two home run hitters for this bunch. Now, you do take a look at the lineup itself. Jurichella, Nick Gordon, Jose Miranda, Carlos Correa. These are guys in between about a 260 to 275. You've had Miranda, Carlos Correa. Both give you between 14 and 16 home runs this season. Gary Sanchez wound up having a tank shot a little bit earlier in the series, but he's only about a 215 overall for the New York Yankees. It's all about Aaron Judge. Entering into game two of the double dip from yesterday, 55 home runs this year. And it's not just the home runs. He's hitting about a 300, and he's about 15 points away from the American League lead in terms of things like on-base percentage, things like batting average. He has been incredible for this Yankees team, and everyone else has just been giving him a big, giant turd. As you've got Isaiah Canaire for left, Alonso Trevino hitting about a 260 to a 270, and... Been able to have a little bit of production as well from Glaber Torres, double-digit amount of homers. He's hitting about a 240, but you've had Aaron X, John Carlos Stanton. When he's been out there, Anthony Rizzo, as he's currently on the injured list. He's guys hitting between about a 210 to a 220. Josh Charlton, he's all talk, and he does not wind up being able to perform whatsoever. Miguel Andujar, he's been all sorts of banged up this season, so that has been an issue for the New York Yankees. But as we know, Yankee Stadium, it does wind up being able to manufacture some bombs, and both of these bullpens, they got a lot of work in on Wednesday as well, so that does factor into this total a little bit if we do wind up getting Nasty Nestor against Sonny Gray, making the Yankees minus 156 with a total to where an 8 or less looking at an over 8.5 or higher to the under. If it is Clark Schmidt, probably a similar total, but I'd be setting the Twins more in the neighborhood about a plus 130 underdog depending upon how things wind up shaking out and wrap things up with 9.13, 9.14 on the board. The Chicago White Sox on the road facing off against the Oakland A's. J.P. Sears is going to be going for the A's and Dylan Cease goes for the White Sox. White Sox between minus 180 and minus 190 favorites between plus 155 and plus 168 is your number on Oakland. Seven is the total. Unders any between minus 110 and minus 115. Overs between minus 105 and minus 110. I made the White Sox a minus 198 favorite. If you're looking at the run line, find that anywhere between minus 105 and minus 110. And I was willing to go up to about a minus 122 on this run line as well. Dylan Cease is still playing for a Cy Young Award. And wouldn't you know it? Yeah, get rid of Tony La Russa, which you hope that his health is well. But in terms of an on-field performance for the Chicago White Sox, it's the best thing that could have wound up happening for them. They wind up having that big comeback yesterday. The team is firing all cylinders. And now you have your ace going, who's coming off of a very near no-hit bid. Dylan Cease has been electric on the road this season. 239 home ERA, 
Buck 70-80 ERA on the road, giving up four home runs and 65 and two-thirds innings on the road. Opponents overall are hitting a buck 85 off of him. Lone issue that he had with Dylan Cease is he does wind up giving up quite a few walks. His walks per nine rate this far this season has been in the neighborhood about a three and a half, but he's been able to team those recently. Meanwhile, for J.P. Sears, I do expect a little bit of regression for him. He has been very much a pitcher contact guy, someone that was acquired at the trade deadline from the New York Yankees, and I don't know how long the Oakland A's are going to be in Oakland, but as long as they are, they've got someone that is nice. Uh, he's only getting right around five and a half strikeouts per nine innings. At the minor league level, that was more around 11. I do think that that is going to be increasing as it winds going along, but between his time with the Yankees and the A's, two and a half walks per nine innings, he's done a great job of keeping the ball in the yard. This is a ballpark that very much is suited for him as he's giving up only three home runs over the course of 49 and a third innings thus far this season. You take a look at the way that he has just pitched recently. Last five starts for the Oakland A's, 263 ERA, allowing two home runs and nine walks over the course of 27 and a third innings. That's good enough to be able to get the job done. Now, with the Oakland A's, they're dealing with a couple of injuries. Sandy Jimenez, he's currently injured for this bullpen. That's not necessarily too terrific for them. You still have guys like A.J. Puck, Domingo Acevedo, Sam Mall. They've been able to post up sub-3-5 ERAs. Joe Piams is someone that they wound up picking up from the Kansas City Royals. He's not too shabby himself. And for the Chicago White Sox, it's been all about Liam Hendricks, along with Kendall Graveman in the bullpen being that good eighth and ninth inning duo. Now, you don't mind seeing Hendricks wind up getting used up yesterday, but you've got out there Ronaldo Lopez, who's been able to do an amazing job after being a failed starter. He and Jimmy Lambert, they've got sub-3-2 ERAs, and for the White Sox, they're in the bottom seven of the big leagues in terms of home runs, but got guys are able to move the line. As a matter of fact, their batting average on the road, it's still in the top two in the big leagues, as Jose Abreu, Eloy Jimenez, both of these guys hitting above a 300. You've had Sevies of Vala throwing their Andrew Vaughn, hitting between a 275 to 285. Elvis Andrews, since he got picked up, he's been able to move the line. A.J. Pollock has looked a little bit more respectable recently. Flip side for the Oakland A's. Got Sean Murphy, who's been able to hit a 250. He's been able to supply 18 home runs. Seth Brown, he's been able to go deep 21 times. Past Sean Murphy, you really don't have anyone that has seen more than, we're going to call it 50 or so at pass, that he's been able to hit above a 235. It's been really sad to take a look at this team, as you got guys like Tony Kemp, Jonah Bride, Vidal Machine, Shea Langolaris. These are guys that are just not generating any power. They're not doing a good job of being able to move the line. That is right now absolutely killing this team. So I do think that the White Sox go out there and just dominate a not-so-great lineup. It is also going to be a nighttime game, which means that the Marine layer is going to be out. So that helps out J.P. Sears. I think this year it turns a good start. Problem is... The White Sox could wind up getting three runs on the board, and that could be enough to be able to cover the run line because the Oakland A's have been deplorable on offense all season long. Semi total is 6.4. I'm looking under in this spot. And with the White Sox wanting to take them on the run line, I do think that they get just enough off of Sears to be able to provide Dylan C. So I think he's going to be electric enough to be able to get the job done by multiple runs. And that'll wrap things up for the Thursday edition of the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. A big thanks to our guest, Charlie DeCirco of the Action Network for joining me in the last segment. If you do like hearing from this fine podcast, Baseball Betting Show, you're up to subscribe wherever you get podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Citra, and tune in. If you've got a question, comment, segment idea, what I have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at unit underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters EM. They mean does not matter. As per usual, please do send these into the timeline. And the other way, it is via an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated from there. You're able to find whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. I'll be coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season, which means I'm coming at you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.